Foreman podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome to our podcast series, Immigration Insights with Melissa Azalea Kenny. The series is designed to provide a high-level overview on what businesses need to know each week as it relates to immigration. We aim to cover cutting-edge topics and recent immigration developments while also covering the fundamentals of business immigration issues. My name is Melissa Zillian Kenny, and I'm a partner on the immigration team here at Byrne Foreman, and I'm your host for this podcast series. I've been working in the business immigration arena for more than 20 years in a wide variety of industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, and education, among others. Summertime is here, and people are living in the U.S., whether you're a U.S. citizen or an international employee, and many are itching to travel after the COVID-19 pandemic, which really shut down the world in March of 2020. And as the accessibility to COVID vaccinations in the U.S. has increased, traveling's on the rise, and many are looking to travel abroad. I think we're all ready for a vacation. So in today's podcast, we are going to talk about some travel considerations, particularly for international employees that may need to quickly return to the U.S. and resume their jobs, or perhaps maybe an international employee who's outside the U.S. and wants to enter for the first time and begin working for an employer. Hopefully, these tips will be helpful to ensure smooth travel plans. So the first tip is to check the Department of State website, travel.state.gov, to make sure that you're aware of any delays at embassies and consulates. Currently, most embassies and consulates are operating with significant delays due to COVID-19. There is limited appointment availability at many of the consulates. They are only operating on emergency processing. And in the business context, usually emergency appointments are only granted for urgent business travel. Many consulates are also not handling appointments for those that are not from that country. So before we would see people maybe going to a another consulate where they weren't from or weren't residing. We call that third country processing, but many are not handling that now. So it's important to take a look at that if you were planning to go to somewhere different. And, you know, really, I think that the upshot here is if travel is not required, be very cautious and just, just know that it may not be recommended at this time because of the delays. The second thing I want to point out is um, the passport. You need to ensure that your passport and your visa are valid. Very important. The USCIS requires international employees with a visa to maintain a valid passport. And we usually encourage clients to have at least six month validity in the passport beyond your expiration date. During our last podcast, we talked about traveling abroad with a passport that expires soon and the various complications that that can present. So make sure your passport has a lengthy validity before entering. Also your visa. Many people have to have a visa to enter the U.S. It is an entry document and you need to make sure you have a valid visa stamp, which typically would come from a consulate or embassy appointment. So to obtain that, you need to complete the DS-160, which is an electronic form, get the visa from the consulate, and then come into the U.S. Now, there are some exceptions for Canadians. They're visa exempt. Or if you're coming in as a visitor and you're part of the visa waiver program, you would not likely need a visa either. But just remember, if you need to obtain a visa, there is a specific process. It needs to be valid, and you may experience some delays at the embassies and consulates. Third tip is be mindful of the travel bans that are in place and plan ahead if you have to travel to a country on the travel ban list. 
So what we're referring to here are the countries that were identified in Presidential Proclamation 10143. This would be China, Iran, India, Brazil, South Africa, all countries in the Schengen region, the United Kingdom, and Ireland. Now, there are exceptions to the travel ban. The most common one that we see in our practice is the national interest exception, or what we would call the NIE, N-I-E. And the NIE, it can be used in a variety of contexts, but in the business climate, typically we're seeing international employees using this to come in on a non-immigrant visa or maybe as a visitor if they can show that they provide vital support for critical infrastructure or they provide vital support or executive direction that will result in significant economic activity in the U.S. This exception is narrow, but certainly we see a lot of consulates approving these requests. So if you think that your business and your traveler for business might qualify for this, you know, please let us know. We'd be happy to um, try to work a creative argument to make that happen. The NEE is a case-by-case -case basis analysis. The process does widely vary from consulate to consulate. And you should also know that the processing times really do vary widely from consulate to consulate. We've seen recently an uptick in processing times. It used to be one or two weeks to process, and now we're seeing sometimes a month. One consulate that we routinely work with is now providing a 60-day processing time. So plan accordingly. Also, proof of continued employment. You know, if you're filing a non-immigrant visa petition for somebody like an H-1B or an L visa, and maybe it's a change of status petition, it is important that they're able to show proof of continued employment if they're maybe extending their status, for example, or changing their status. So the way we typically do that is to submit recent pay stubs with their application. Well, if there's a gap in pay, maybe they're traveling abroad for a long period of time, just know that that is something that you're going to have to anticipate and be thinking through. So if somebody's going to be traveling abroad for an extended period of time, upon their return, you'll be filing a non-immigrant visa petition, just anticipate that that pay stub issue may need to be addressed if there's a gap in pay. And last but not least, remember that there are different COVID protocols for entering and exiting the U.S., as well as going to various countries. So be sure to check those protocols for your country of destination. Many countries have very strict COVID guidelines that, you know, oftentimes require advanced planning. Canada has a 10-day quarantine requirement once you've entered the country, for example. Other countries are beginning to relax restrictions if you're fully vaccinated, but we're still seeing quite a bit of restrictive activity. Also, if you're returning to the U.S. via flight, you have to have a negative COVID test taken within three calendar days of your departure. And that would be, of course, for international flights. So plan ahead if you're traveling to a country on the travel ban list or you're traveling abroad. So that wraps up our immigration insights for this week. I hope the update's been helpful. If there are any questions or topics that you would like to hear addressed, please feel free to reach out to me at makenny at burr.com. Also to find our podcast, webinars, other legal resources on immigration, please visit our website, burr.com. This series is also available on Apple Podcasts. And thank you for listening today. Have a great week.